if you're not enjoying life, if you're fearful in life, if you're just not maybe even feeling right in your body at times. These are all indicators that something is not going to be. Welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I am so glad to be here today with my guest, Joey Williams. Joanne Williams, LCSW, is a 30-year licensed medical health professional. She guides her clients through life transformations to break through obstacles, to live a fuller life with next-generation techniques they can use for lifetime. Whether clients are engaged in private counseling sessions, intimate workshops using energy therapies, or getting a certified psychiatric service dog to fly with them to reduce anxiety. Her clients welcome the straightforward life strategies she partners with them to create. Joey, I am so glad to have you here today. Well, thank you, Donalyn. I'm really excited. There's nothing better to talk about than joy, so I love it. There you go. <laughs> I am with you. I am with you. So today we want to talk about emotional support animals and psychiatric service dogs and what that means to joy. So this is something I know very little about. I cannot wait to learn along with all of you today. Go ahead, Joey, take it away. I'm right. Well, I, I'm really glad to talk about both emotional support and psychiatric service dogs because they, I have found, and and like, and like my interest said, 30 years as a mental health profession, about nine years ago, I found out about emotional support animals. They used to be able to fly with us. And I was having close to a panic attack on a plane and I had my little dog stuffed underneath the seat in front of me and he was like freaking out. And so I kept taking him out of the bag and that the, the stewardess says, do you know there's a program that you could actually have your dog on your lap? <laughs> that could help you and him with things. I didn't, I said, no. And here I was a therapist at that point for 30 years, 25 years. I didn't even know about it. So I really did good research. And what happened was you have to get it. It used to be three years ago, this changed. And now it's only to fly psychiatric service dogs. So I'll go into that. But previously, really, it started with the Fair Housing Act 50 years ago, that you mm. could have any animal with you in housing, because it's been medically proven to help with anxiety symptoms with a lot of psychological symptoms so and it, and the flying law which is just like 40 years old again you could have your dog with you they could sit on your lap the entire time where you flew and it helped people with anxiety so that's what I found out about you do it for an emotional spreading you do have to have a letter from a licensed mental health professional that you need your dog as treatment and so that's what I got into as one of my specialties as a therapist, as well as private practice. But, you know, I did that. I still do that. And then three years ago, the law changed. And to fly with your dog, they have to be a certified psychiatric service dog, which is different requirements. And it adds on not only housing and flying, but also 
the Americans with Disabilities Act law, the ADA law. That means you can take your dog with you to all public places, uh, public transportation stores, restaurants, hospitals, schools, almost every, pretty much everywhere. So to get certified though, you do have to have psychological symptoms that your dog helps you with. And so let's say it's anxiety. So your dog would have to be able to consistently notice that you're having anxiety come over to you, respond, and then reduce your symptoms. So it's a process that I do with people, actually, you know, sessions that I do with people to find the diagnosis and find out how the connection between how their dog helps them with their psychological symptoms, and then they can go everywhere with them legally. Well, that is so interesting. So I have to ask, do you have a dog? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I yep, don't think and I'm so. <laughs> he's not right here, but he's not. Yep, and I got just a little eight pounder. He's just a little dog, yes. so it doesn't matter the size, weight, breed for any of this. Okay, okay, okay. Now I have been on airplanes and seen people with dogs sitting there, so uh, it doesn't. It it rings a bell for me. It rings a bell. Now I I will admit I don't have a dog, but I do have two cats. And I've always been uh, afraid to figure out how to take them on the plane because they sort of don't fit the criteria. They're not little enough and things like that, you know. And they're not giant or anything, but they're... And so um, I know that there is a way that you can work with other animals besides dogs to become emotional support animals. Can you just talk to me a little bit about what the difference between emotional support and psychiatric training is. You know, it's truly just the laws and the requirements in the two laws between the Fair Housing Act and the Americans with Disabilities Act and the flying law. But to be in housing, um, to have emotional support animal, is an emotional support animal is now only in housing, for housing, the law. They've really restricted it. Can't fly, be on your lap. But for housing, you know, again, if you've got a psychological symptoms, anxiety, depression, PTSD, autism, that's another really big one that animals help you with your a daily functioning. So if they, maybe you sleep better, maybe you concentrate better, maybe you work better, maybe you um, can socialize easier that your animal helps you with that, that qualifies you to have an emotional support animal to be with you, even in no pet housing. And then they cannot charge pet rents, pet fees, or any way to breed restrictions. And again, it's under the Fair Housing Act, like FHA. Most people have heard of that law. Well, this is great. So let's dive in a little bit into some of the conditions that your psychiatric service dog can help with. You know, from simple anxieties like generalized anxiety to social anxieties and social situations, a lot of my clients have what are called is called agora phobia. Of they really don't like crowds or going outside their home a lot. And especially for psychiatric service dogs where they can go everywhere with you, um, it just makes a world of difference. A lot of times though, if we, if I, you know, dig deeper in history, it's a lot of my clients have post-traumatic stress disorder, which means that there is an element of overwhelm or depression, anxiety, trust issues, 
as well as avoidance as the major coping. So they're avoiding life, they're avoiding going out, they're avoiding social, they're avoiding flying, they're avoiding kind of all kinds of situations. And it is amazing the stories I hear from clients that if they have their dog next to them, they can do these things. So that is why all three laws, you know, really have determined that medical situations have determined that even like used to be about 15 airports would have service or they, then it would be called therapy dogs walking around with a handler because they know an animal calms the entire environment that they're in. So they can help even on the plane calming people or in airports. Nice. Now on this podcast, uh, my listeners will often hear me talk about how uh, joy is an internal journey, right? And I I love that we're talking about this external thing because I think a lot of times, um, you know, that internal journey is inaccessible to people when they're in loops and they're in triggers that they, they get, there's no way out of. Their body is doing the thing and there's not an easy way out. Certainly uh, with the help of a professional, there's a way out but often people don't don't get a professional right they don't know who to go to or how to talk to them or you know any of those things so can we just talk a little bit about how you would recognize that maybe this would be a good solution for you i think people know <laughs> they know if their dog helps them or not. When I'm assessing it, I do the psychological evaluation. I, I use my psychological um, book we, we diagnose it with the DSM-5 and um, they, their symptoms for each diagnosis. And a lot of times one of them is panic attacks. And I think that one, a lot of times people do not recognize that you know, it, they call them anxiety attacks or, or for us, it's just considered a panic attack. But a lot of times people think, oh, they just come out of the blue. I don't have any idea what happens. But you're right. It's like these body sensations. My my heart starts racing. I start breathing quicker. I get I can get dizzy and lightheaded, nauseous, chest tightness, pressure, all of these things. And then they don't even know why. And so anytime you're having symptoms that are pretty extreme in any time, any, there is always an awareness to be found of the why of it. It like with panic, it is a progression of little anxieties or thoughts. Maybe let's say about flying. Oh no, the plane's going to go down or, Oh no, I'll be so cramped on it in the plane that I'll start to get anxiety and then I'm afraid of whatever. So I avoid. And so that is, you know, there's usually a progression of any emotion to get bigger and bigger till the avoidance happens with its PTSD and other things. So notice what your life, what you're doing in your life would be a suggestion if you're avoiding life, <laughs> if you're not enjoying life, if you're fearful in life, if you're just not maybe even feeling right in your body at times. These are all indicators that something is not going to allow you to get to joy. They're interfering, they're blocks, they're obstacles to it. And because I believe really our natural way is of being happy. And, you know, in that 
place, but there's interference going on because, and usually something happened to them in their past that brings it out. But I would encourage people, don't be afraid to face your emotions, or I call them indicators <laughs> of what's going on. It's really trying to give you information. This is great uh, information for us. And I like that you're talking about kind of, you know, when you have an overt symptom, okay, that's clear. I need to do something about it. But often this concept that you talked about with uh, creating comfort zones for yourself, where you're just not living in your fullness, you're, you're not out there doing the thing that lights you up because you can't remember what light me up feels like, right? And you, and there's this fear that's in the way that doesn't register as fear anymore. Um, it only registers as, nah, I don't feel like doing that right now. No, not for me. It's kind of an excuse that you're lying to yourself about, but you don't see it anymore as that. Yeah, it just becomes avoidance. So let's talk about, so we've talked a little bit about anxiety and PTSD and sort of the difficulty of the condition mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. can be helped with this. Let's talk about what happens when you participate with a psychiatric service dog. Like what happens? You know what I, what I see a lot is people are just more willing to go do things that they were avoiding. So let's say flying on a plane, for instance, they've avoided going to see family. They haven't gone to family gatherings. They haven't got together with family. And then they're willing to. If they can have their dog fly with them or go with them places, then they're willing to. And, you know, and I also find that they're more willing to interact uh, with people, you know, like social anxiety, people don't like to, they're afraid, they're embarrassed, they're going to, you know, shy away. But with a dog there, a lot of times people call it an icebreaker because the focus comes off the person and on the dog and go, oh, what a cute little dog. And it just breaks that ice enough to start a conversation. So there's several ways that I see that dogs just make life feel better and then they're willing and more, maybe even more reassured. And then they're more willing to go out and do more things in life. Yeah, I, I have experienced that sensation of just instantly opening my heart when I see a dog, right? Yes. Or my sister actually has had dogs for many, many years. And if I take them, people think they're my dogs. If I take them out for yeah. a walk or whatever, people just light up. They open their heart and they just light up and they relate to this lovely little animal, which for the most part they are. Um, and, uh, and it's something magical happens in terms of like the way we open ourselves, we become vulnerable in that moment. There's a chemical response yeah. even, it's oxytocin. Yeah. It's the bonding hormone with mother and child, same in puppies with those big eyes. That's the same thing. It sends, it's a, it's a biological thing. If they're just pure love. And it just makes you have that wonderful, warm feeling in your heart. And so animals, really a lot, most in general, cats too. I mean, they just make you just feel like, oh, you know, you just want to squeeze them and hug them. <laughs> and it just makes you feel It is good. true. It is true. I told one of my cats that the other day. I was like, oh, I wish I could just pick you up and squeeze you. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, it's bad enough uh -uh. you're petting me. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Just over here. Just right there, please. Come on. You are the slave. 
don't you understand your role in my life? Um, <laughs> no, I have really great cats. And, uh, you know, one of the things we did with our cats, my cats are now um, 18 years old, I believe. Uh, and so, you know, we've I've had them a long time and I had them, my husband and I had them, my late husband and I had them for a long time. And one of the big things that we did, well, when I met my late husband, he had uh, he had a cat, he had a cat, and he named him Vlad the Impaler because he was like Vlad the Impaler, like he would just try to kill you any chance he got, you know. And he had had this very rough background, right? So that was his way of relating, and the right. only way that he understood how to relate was through uh, a forceful uh you know male presence basically he mm. loved we my husband had a, a roommate at the time he loved andy you know all of that so he wasn't a fan of me at all <laughs> so right i wanted to be nice to him <laughs> you know he was like i don't know i don't know what to do with that um so trauma even can happen there um but when we when we got these beautiful kittens at the time uh you know uh, Tim and I had this conversation about what are we going to sow into these beings, right? How are we going to treat them? How are we going to interpret what they are saying to us? Because, you know, they're animals, so they don't like open up their mouths and speak English. Uh, but they they will talk to you. They communicate. Communicate yeah. with you. Yeah. That's right. About what they need and what they want and how they feel. And... Um, and, but you've got to really decide that that's important for you. Uh, and I, I know a lot of people that feels like a real inconvenience, but boy, just a little bit of love sewn in to an animal when you're raising them creates this lifetime of calming, loving, caring relationship. It's, it's really quite amazing. It is amazing. And that's where the medical research proves all the things that animals do to calm us. Like 10 minutes of petting can lower your heart rate. I mean, there's like tons of different medical research. There was even one that they did on um, Medicare patients that they lived longer if you had an animal and you had less doctor's visits. So it, there's all this great research about it. But one of the things I really hear most times from uh, my clients with psychiatric service dog, that they're in tune with each other. And I think that's kind of what you were saying. There is this unspoken, <laughs> but communication of being in tune with each other emotions they notice things they notice when you're upset or they'll come over when you're you know sad they notice these things and that's why these laws are to protect people who need them and i and i also really would like to say it's almost like a public service announcement that you know we give a lot of lip service to mental health services but it, when it comes to seeing an animal on a plane or seeing some animal on public with 
somebody you know on a leash and it might say service dog might not but a lot of people almost poo-poo it in a sense like oh that can't work oh that's silly <laughs> and i really want people how to did hear, they get their dog on there well I my that's, dog on another, there. that's another one that always gets <laughs> i always have to bring cards with me i'm guilty uh, i'm guilty i feel that way <laughs> i feel that I way know. about my cats how come i can't bring my cats <laughs> but yeah. you get it if you're saying that though but a lot of people almost like that can't be real you know how can that dog be a psychiatric service they don't kind of get that connection and so i really want to say to people really it is a treatment that i have found one of the best entries to therapy too people don't know what a therapist does they get a little afraid of coming in to talk to somebody but i'm telling you they'll talk about their dog all day long <laughs> And so it's a really helpful thing if you, you know, if everybody could just know there are invisible disabilities that you cannot see and you will never, and we don't want to ever show it. I'm not going to show you I have panic attacks on a plane. I'm not going to show you that I have anxiety or I'm avoiding. I'm really trying hard not to. So just, yeah. I hope to have a little bit of compassion for people that need their yeah. animals. And honestly, it's none of your business how I feel on the inside. <laughs> you know, not. it's good. It is. It's really good to to have a little boundary there. You don't have to prove to people how you feel. If you say you don't feel well, then that's they don't have to see it. You know, um, and the same is true with happiness. By the way, uh, you brought something up there uh, that um, made me think of how uh, so many times we are not taught how to use our words to describe what's happening for us. And that can be physical, tangible uh, things that are going on in our lives that are causing trauma, but it can also be the internal story, right? What is happening on our insides that we don't, there's no way to, to, to have the word. I can remember very clearly learning the word fear, right? Of course, I knew what fear was. And I thought I was fearless. I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof, right? <laughs> I just thought, I'll do anything, right? I will, I will push past anything, except that it wasn't true. I wasn't willing to sit calmly. <laughs> right? I wasn't well, I was willing to, you know, walk along the edges of rooftops, but I wasn't willing to, I didn't know how to, right? So I, so there was this space where I had no words for those uh, internal intermediary feelings. And when you learn them, and when you experience them is really when you can put words to them. And so that relationship between you and your dog, and that vibrational uh, base that the dog or the cat is giving you, really gives you this space to sort of unpack some things and go like, oh, I feel different in this moment than I did in the last moment. I wonder what the word for this is. And then we can communicate with humans, right? Because most humans don't just go around feeling you. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't encourage that in this society. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I think that's one of my missions, actually, and I, to learn how to use words that are equated to your emotions. When you say that to me, I feel, you know, I mean, there's some very simple ways to do this. There are boundaries with no, please don't do that again. It doesn't have to be this rage or this, you know, uncontrollable 
anger with things, it can be pretty straightforward and simple when you can use find out, you know, really how to be assertive and not aggressive in that sense that you can, but you, like you said, you really do have to know what am I feeling <laughs> to be able to really express it a lot of times. And one thing I teach is that every emotion has a message. And if you can learn the messages, the, you know, the, the simple ones, even for anxiety or fear is to get prepared as the reason why you have it. There's something like, oh, I'm worried about going on the plane because I'm going to die. Well, do you have a will? <laughs> Did you, are you prepared in that sense that you've got your headset or other things so the calm me your breathing techniques, you know, and that will help you to get prepared. So there's a lot of those simple kinds of ways to get really get more aware about your emotional states. And then once you do, then you can verbalize them and you can communicate better. And, you know, and I'm going to even say one of my kind of bugaboos is that I feel like even if we could use to learn our words, we'd have less gun violence or violence in general, because I just feel like we're not teaching these kind of boundaries and how to say when I'm angry, you know, it, it's like using violence instead. And I think if we really could, use, like we say that to t kindergartners or two years, use your words, don't hit them. Right? But I think as adults, we need to do the same thing, but it's education. It's really a training or skills to learn those. That's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, when you were describing the relationship, the sit down relationship with the dog or cat or pet, uh, it really reminds me of this work that I do. So a lot of my clients are not um, in a, a distressed moment, right? They're not in a, a panic attack kind of moment. And in, in fact, many of them have done a lot of work on themselves already. So they're in this new place where uh, they're very close to this life that's just busting open, right? But they, uh, they, they, they're not quite there. They're not quite there. So they have a little success or, right? They might have a lot more happiness than they used to have, but they haven't quite gotten to the, just the absolute fullness of themselves, the freedom of themselves, right? So a lot of times I talk about this moment, this crack of least resistance that we can go through, right? Where uh, when you have a moment, when you have a, a negative feeling, anxious feeling, uh, and I, I, I would love to hear if this feels like it's appropriate for somebody who's actually in a medical condition, right? Because I'm, I'm really talking about people who are going through the normal scope of emotions in their lives. Um, uh, so, you know, you're in this anxious moment and you have this opportunity to go to the next emotion, but we don't take it usually. We don't, we get that moment and then we go, oh, and they really, oh, right. And we either go to anger or we go to more anxiousness or it could have been worse, right? We take it in whatever direction we dig deeper on that negative emotion. And so that crack right there, that little moment where you can go from where you are, which might not be good and might be caused by trauma outside of you, uh, to a better place. Uh, you know, I would, I would, 
I know it happens for me. I was going to say I would think, but I, I know it happens for me that a, the presence of a dog or a cat gives you that moment, that, right? Because you're calm. You say, okay, I'm willing to relax. I'm willing to be peaceful. I'm willing to try to relate this as a little being who doesn't really do anything wrong, you know, and, and who uh, wants to just love you. Um, and so that moment can be your transition to that better feeling. And then that better feeling, that better feeling, that open heartedness. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. so great. Oh, I great agree. Thing. And even if you don't have a dog to help you, because the dog may notice and come over and nudge you and it kind of does wake you up and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm doing that thing again, you know, and you do have that moment. And what I would really, I, I try to train with people, just sit there, just sit with it. Don't avoid it. Don't push it away. Don't be afraid of it. Because the more we can just sit in that moment with that anxiety, that fear, I don't care what it is, sadness, you'll notice, because I think a lot of times we go to our head, oh my God, it's going to kill me. Oh my God, I'm going to die if I keep sitting here with this. And you won't. <laughs> and if you just sit here and breathe through it, I I teach a foreign breathing. It's just like, it does. It, oh my gosh, this goes by so fast when you just sit here. Yeah. In a minute. And, it, and then you can open up, you're saying that bigger crack to go to a deeper level or a higher level mm. of, of, of happiness or vibrations. Mm. Love it. Love it. Joey, you are such a joy. Ah, just like your name. Thank you. <laughs> and I would love for you to uh, just tell everybody, how can I get in touch with you, right? I would love that too. I'm always, I really want to make myself available. So at um, ESAPros.com is my website. Um, e as in emotional support animal, ESAPros.com you can reach me. There's a contact page. There's whether you're going to qualify. That's the biggest question for people. Will I qualify for emotional support animals? And right first thing, 30 seconds takes you to know if you're going to qualify or not. Then you can move through the process, but you can always contact us there if you ever have any questions. And I'm always open for just giving recommendations. You don't have to do sessions or anything <laughs> if you just want more of a, ideas for direction. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I want to also remind everybody that you can go to unbreakable.guide and get the full guide for becoming unbreakable. So this is a, a really, it's like a 28 page pamphlet that gives you not just the explanation of what happens when we're in those emotions that feel like that's it. I can go no more. I can do no more. I can put up with no more, right? That moment is is fully described in there but also all of the ancillary places that will take you there and that will take you out of there uh, as well as uh, actionable steps right you have a tool in there so go ahead go to unbreakable.guide it's a free guide pick it up and practice okay thanks see you next time